Ready. Aim. Fire. Welcome to another episode of the Fire Below Zero podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and I'm here today with my co-host, Cody. Cody, how are you doing? Doing awesome, TJ. What's up? Hey, I'm just excited to finally dive into some of these concepts and strategies that we've been talking about for quite a few episodes. I feel like the listeners are ready to learn and they are ready for some actionable tips. So let's dive in, Cody. Yeah, definitely. There's just going to be a ton of actionable tips on this podcast. So get your pencils out, take some notes in your iPhone, and get ready to save a bunch of money. Because TJ and I are going to tackle the low-hanging fruits of Fi. Just the easy, quick wins that you can make in your life today, this week, this month, that will drastically change your financial future. And Cody, I feel like in this subject, I mean, everybody's different, right? We all have different levers and different strategies that we're going to pull Some people are going to focus on income, but on this episode, we want to focus on expenses. What are those things that you're currently spending money on that you can try to cut back? So personally, I like to look at the big expenses. So for most people, that's going to be your housing, that's going to be your car, that's going to be groceries, and if you have children, that's also going to be daycare. All right, so let's talk housing. So one of the first things that you will hear about in this community is house hacking. Now, for those that don't know what house hacking is, house hacking simply involves buying a primary residence for yourself and having tenants live in it with you so that they actually supplement the cost of your housing expense. So if you buy a house and your monthly payment is $1,400 a month and you have three roommates each paying, say, $500 a month, you're essentially just canceled your entire housing bill because you know, 500 times three, 1500. So you only have to pay $1,400, but your roommates are paying you 1500. So you actually get to pocket $100 every single month. So think about how powerful that is, right? Like most Americans today pay thousands of dollars for housing. So if you're this one person that makes an intentional choice and you essentially knock out your entire housing expense, and you get to pocket $100 every single month, imagine how much money you can save. Yeah, and I think a big part of it, TJ, is this mindset thing. Like everyone has this American dream picture where they have to have a four-bedroom house that's 4,000 square feet with a huge lawn. But if you're willing to sacrifice your quality of life, I guess per se, depending on what you value, in those early years or even in the later years if you're really dedicated to FI – Like maybe you don't want to have a roommate or you don't want to have someone else in your house and you don't have to. That's part of this five journey. You have a choice. But I've heard some like crazy five stories. Someone we're actually going to have on in a couple of weeks who he bought a duplex, two units in each half. And in his unit, he actually sleeps in this little corner of the living room (laughs) with manifolds up. He put a bed up, rents out both bedrooms in his unit and rents out the entire other unit. And it's just like the ultimate house hack. So You can get as crazy or as not crazy as you want, but just being more intentional with housing, which actually makes up 33% of the average American's annual budget, which is insane. So if you can eliminate that cost altogether, you're already cutting your expenses down by one third, which is huge in the long run. Right. And it's just about making intentional choices because everybody doesn't have to do this. But if you're in your 20s and you're single and you don't have kids, this is the best time. 
this is an opportunity of a lifetime to be intentional about housing and actually make your housing make you money. Like that is just ridiculous. So that's one step. For me personally, I'm married. I have a kid. So I personally felt like house hacking wasn't for me. But I made an intentional choice to live in an apartment that cost me way less than the average person is paying. Because in the state I live, to you know live nicely and very comfortably, people are paying over $1,500 every single month. 16, 18, even some upwards of 2000. I decided I'm not going to do that because, you know, I want to save money. So I'm paying way less than that amount because of intentional choices. And at some point down the line, you know, when I feel like we're at a comfortable position and we're closer to five, maybe we upgrade, maybe we buy a house outright. Maybe we buy a small house that can actually accommodate me and my wife and my daughter comfortably and we don't have to spend outrageous amounts of money. So it's just about being intentional. So TJ, I kind of want to challenge you a bit on that because you said you wouldn't want to like share a house exactly, but something you could do if you were to get creative, like you could buy a duplex in a pretty nice neighborhood and your family could have one half and you could have another perfectly normal, nice family in the other half. And that might at least cut into the mortgage. Maybe it won't completely cover it, but there's definitely ways around it if you want to kind of get creative with your housing. I have to agree with that. And I think that there's definitely some mental block there personally. So one thing I will say is that in the city I live, what I hear is that duplexes are typically investment grade property and they cost a lot of money. Now, that may just be a popularly known belief. That may be, you know, just something people say, but I've kind of taken that to heart in that I don't see a lot of duplexes unless I go downtown and those places cost upwards of 500, 600,000. So I already have that mindset in my head and I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't an area that I can be successful at. So I just need to keep my rent down as low as I possibly can. But you know what? That's probably an excuse on my part. That's something I should challenge myself and you know, really dig deep and try to find out. Definitely. So let's pivot out of housing, TJ, because we've kind of been talking on it for a while, but it's for good reason, because housing does make up the largest proportion of every American's budget. The second largest portion of the budget is transportation, and that's 17% of the average American budget. So those two things together is 50%. If you cut those out, you're spending half of what you normally spend in the year. So I guess let's just kind of pick at some of the low-hanging fruit of transportation. Leasing a car is one of the worst financial choices you can make. You are literally throwing money out the window and you have zero ownership of that car after your lease is up. Unless you're doing some kind of lease to own, which are still usually terrible deals for the person who's leasing the car, you're just getting screwed by the dealership. You literally are just paying into a black void to never own that car. I love that black void. Yeah, leasing a car is just crazy. Like they make probably upwards of 20% on you. Like that is ridiculous. You're losing money left and right. So it just makes more sense for you to buy a car outright. Buy something that is fairly cheap, something that you can afford, that'll cost you, I don't know, $5,000, $10,000, and just pay it off and don't have a car payment. That's my personal approach. Now, some people may choose to have a car payment, but personally, I just think there's no point in that. Look for a cheap, affordable car pay it off, and never have to worry about paying a car in your monthly expenses. Yeah, I'm totally on board with you there, TJ. I am all for not ever taking out auto financing because you're just paying interest payments for no reason. And unless you really need a 
quote unquote nice car, like say you're a realtor or something and you're in a job where you're always meeting with clients, you can still find a decent looking car for less than 10 grand. You do not need to go buy a new 2018 insert car for $40,000 with financing from the dealership. It's just crazy. And that's the second thing I want to talk on. Buying a new car from a dealership is a ripoff <laughs> 10 times out of 10. You are so much better getting a two or three year old car because the second you drive it off the lot, you already lost 20% of its value. It's literally insane how much the prices are marked up at dealerships. But Cody, my coworkers, my neighbors, they're all going to laugh at me if I drive, you know, a $5,000 car. You know, I live in this nice neighborhood, right? I have to have <laughs> a twenty dollars or $50,000 car, Cody. <laughs> yeah, that is just ridiculous. And And also, I will add that I think depending on where you live, it definitely adds pressure for you to keep up with the Joneses. So... If you're not intentional about housing and you go live in the most expensive place that you can find, yeah, you're going to be stuck, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Trying to fit into the neighborhood that you live. So naturally, your car is going to look nicer, right? You have two of the nicest cars in town, and that is just not brilliant. It's decisions like these that are going to leave people broke and miserable, and if they lost their jobs, they're going to be out of their homes and out of their cars, which is just ridiculous. So one thing I do want to say, TJ, just because I feel like we're kind of car shaming people who have like really nice cars is that we're talking about from a position of financial weakness. So if you're someone who's having trouble paying the bills, you're not saving a lot of money, then you should definitely not be getting an expensive car. But if you're someone who has a couple million dollars in net worth, you're set, you're really far down this financial independence journey and you love cars, then go get that nice car if it's something that fits in your budget. But if it's something that prevents you from saving any money, then that is not a good financial decision for you. So I just wanted to make that clear that if you have a nice car and that's your thing and you already have a solid financial footing, then go for it. We're not telling you that you shouldn't get the things that you want. We're just telling you to please be intentional about your decisions and understand the corner that you're backing yourself into. Just to touch on what Cody said is like, this is definitely not to shame anyone. This is about making intentional choices for yourself and for your family. So this morning, I actually watched a movie. It was uh, Ben Affleck. I think it's called Company Man. And Ben Affleck got laid off from his job. And he had this ginormous house with, like, a brand-new Porsche. And gradually, like, as soon as he lost his job, it was complete tension in the household. He was, you know, completely miserable. And in the coming months, he lost everything. And that is what we're talking about here is if you're not in a great financial position— don't take on these things that don't give you any flexibility. Don't take on things that leave you trapped and leave you desperate. If life changes, if an emergency comes up or if something bad should happen at work, don't put yourself in a position that you will be struggling for years to come. Yeah, definitely, TJ. So let's get into the third largest component of the average American budget, which is food. And that comes around between 11 and 13%. So this is groceries, restaurants, just basically anything you put in your belly. <laughs> so the first thing I want to tackle is groceries. So I think this is one of the hugest things that just comes with intentionality. And my trick when I go grocery shopping is to have a list and stick to the list. Don't be going down the aisles, seeing something you like, picking it up, because not only is that going to hurt your pocket, but that's also going to hurt your stomach, because you're probably <laughs> not picking up the healthiest things. You're going to pick up something that looks really good, it looks really tasty, and it's probably not going to be very good for you. <laughs> hey. So 
That's just my word to the wise. And I mean, always just deal hunt. If there's a vegetable you usually get, but there's another vegetable that's very similar and it's half the price because there's a sale, go with the cheaper vegetable. Like it's not going to kill you because you don't get your special canned tiny broccoli. (laughs) Maybe you have to settle for something else. So I'm not telling you to go clip coupons for an hour and a half every day to get 35 cents off a bar of soap. Like that's not what I'm telling you to do. I just want you to be intentional about the things you're buying. Make a budget, make a list, stick to the list, and just understand how much money you're spending. You don't need to go spend $1,000 for two people or even a four-person family. That's kind of pushing it for a food budget. But if you go back, if you're tracking your expenses and some of these apps that we mentioned before, like Mint and Personal Capital, and seeing how much you're spending, that will just make a huge difference in how much you spend on your future grocery trips. So you're like, wow, I spent two grand last month on eating, and that's just ridiculous. That's $24,000 a year. And so, TJ, I know you're a little better at this than me, so you're kind of good at hacking the locations of where you buy food. So could you just talk about that a little bit? So personally, I shop at Aldi, and a lot of people talk about it because it's an awesome place to shop. So I used to shop at Kroger, H-E-B. Literally, after I made the switch, our grocery bill went from about $140 a week to right now, it's probably 50 to $70 a week. And we splurge. So this place is just so affordable. You know, you won't find all the extra little trinkets, right? But they have everything that you need for a healthy diet and even some snacks that are, you know, just amazing. They have the best meals that I've personally ever shopped for. So I love it there and I save a ton of money. So we're saving over $200 every single month. In a year, that's over $2,500. $2,500. Do you know how much, like what that can do for your savings, for your investments, for your retirement? When you combine all these things from groceries to housing to your car expenses, you can really see why some people are wealthy and a lot of people aren't. It's just making intentional decisions that set you up for a better, more comfortable future. And so the second part of the food thing I kind of wanted to touch on was restaurants. And obviously restaurants, they're nice. They're nice to go out to, but you want to minimize them, at least in the early stages of your budget. If you're someone who is having trouble saving a decent portion of their income, someone who's struggling to pay the bills, then you should not be going out for these $50, $100 dinners where you're getting an appetizer, a full meal, and a bunch of drinks. Those are just not smart, intentional decisions. And that's definitely a low-hanging fruit. Just cut it out of your diet. Like TJ said, he's he's spending $50 a week at Aldi <laughs> to feed him, his wife, and his daughter. And there are people who go out and spend $50 on one meal by themselves. <laughs> they get an app, they get the meal, and they get two drinks, two beers. You're already at $50. It's, it's literally insane. And so just making choices like that and minimizing your eating out, that will make such a drastic difference on your food budget. And you can really make a huge impact. We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's sponsor is one I use on a daily basis in my company, Gold City Ventures. That is the sound of a sale in your Shopify store. But did you know that Shopify now also powers in-person selling? Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store or small business. Accept payments, manage inventory, they have everything. Shopify brings together your in-person and online sales business into one source of truth, one dashboard, everything in one place. You know exactly what's going on. And now they have all these customization options. They have plug and play tools you can integrate with Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You can take your payments by phone or by tablet. Shopify makes it easy. Plus, if you have any questions, their support team is there to help you. 
I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience and Shopify POS just breaks down that barrier to accepting payments with your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash show, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash show to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash show. Now back to the show. And Cody's not saying don't go out to eat ever. Because personally, like I go out to eat, but maybe twice a month, three times a month. So we each have, me and my wife will have blow money. So maybe $100 a month, $150 a month to spend on anything that we want. So if you want to eat out, you know, a couple times a month or a couple times a week, that's fine. But as soon as you run out of blow money, you can't come back and say, hey, I need to get these shoes or I need to do this. So It's all about making intentional choices, but set up parameters, right, that don't allow you to kind of, you know, blow your budget. So if you're not intentional, if you don't have a budget, if you just go out to eat every time that you're hungry, you'll find out if you track it, you're spending hundreds of dollars every single month going out to eat. And that is just crazy. So the next category I want to tackle, TJ, is kind of like the services category, where you're paying money in exchange for some service, whether it be insurance or electricity or oil or or insert random service. So a common misconception I hear is that people just stick with the same service if the service ups their charge by $100 the next year, whatever, they just keep paying it. And that is the complete wrong attitude. It is very easy to call up your service provider, no matter what they are, whether they're electric, whether they're your insurance company, and just shop around. You'll be very surprised how eager these service companies are to lower the prices once you threaten to switch to someone else. It's like, it's pretty funny. I've called before and I've gotten my, back when I had cable, I got the cable bill chopped in half because I threatened to leave. So you have a lot more power than you think and you don't have to put up with these increases every single year on your bills. Yeah, that's just ridiculous because there's a lot of companies out there that want your business. So this is your position of power, right? There's no reason for you to just accept what these companies throw at you. So if they throw a number at you, that's just a starting point. And you tell them, hey, I appreciate your offer. And this is what I'm willing to pay. If you don't accept it, you can pound sand because I'm going to take my business to this other (laughs) company, right? Like, there's no reason to accept that. And I feel like people are too intimidated. People are too nervous. Well, it's your money. You're spending hours of your life at work working to earn this income. Nobody should dictate what you spend that money on. So, yeah, Cody is absolutely right. Anytime companies try that bullshit with me, I take my business elsewhere personally. And that's what you should do, TJ, because you shouldn't have to pay those extra dollars. And like you said, it's kind of funny how people are willing to work for whatever. Let's let's say $20 an hour. Someone's willing to work five hours for $20 an hour to get $100, but they're not willing to make a phone call that could maybe last 10 <laughs> minutes to save $100 every month on X service. I think it's honestly, it's a mindset thing. Like people are nervous or scared thinking that like they're not going to have electricity or something if they start negotiating with their provider. And that's just not the case. There are so many providers out there and they all want your business. So the bottom line is just call up, shop around and negotiate because you will eventually get what you want. And last note on this, like these days you can shop around online. So you don't even have to get off your butt. You just have to go on Google and search local power company or local insurance companies, right? Search electric companies and you can find better rates from the comfort of your own home. 
So our point is, this isn't something that is super difficult. These are all low-hanging fruit, but it takes someone that's willing to make that intentional decision and say, hey, I want to be intentional about my finances. I want to save as much money as I can so that I will set myself up to be more comfortable and more flexible in the future. Oh, yeah. So, TJ, I actually really want to mention one thing. This is like actionable tip of the episode for any service type thing you have is asktrim.com. So, A-S-K-T-R-I-M.com. This is a service that will literally cut your service bills for you. So, you tell them what services you have, what services you're looking to change, and they will go out and find a new electric company. They will go out and find a new auto insurance company for you. The only thing is that they do take 33% of the savings they get you. But if you aren't willing to go out and do the shopping yourself, they just automate everything. So say they save $100 a month off of your auto insurance. They take $33 of that, but you're still saving $67 a month without lifting a finger. You literally don't have to do anything. And they're a recurring service. So if there's a new, better car insurance company next year, they'll hook you up with that. And so it's just an awesome website. So if you haven't signed up, I highly, highly suggest doing that. Wow, I love that, Cody. And personally, I definitely have to check that out because I had never heard about that service before. But talk about making things that much easier, right? If you don't want to make that phone call, if you're too nervous or you're too scared to argue about money, they'll do the arguing for you. <laughs> that is just amazing. So yeah, I'll definitely be uh, checking that out personally. You can bet your bottom dollar that those guys are arguing hard because that's how they make their money. Awesome. <laughs> They're definitely pro negotiators. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's kind of hop into the next section, TJ. And this is, I'm going to combine it. It's more like discretionary spending. So entertainment, clothing. Yes, you need clothing, but you really don't need that much. I'd say like 95% of clothing expenditures are discretionary spending. Yep. Just so you're not naked walking around, <laughs> you need that 5%. But the other stuff is stuff you probably don't really need. So something that I'm big on that TJ mentioned earlier is I'm huge on knocking out those big areas. So the housing, transportation, food, I really don't like cutting in these areas that much, especially in entertainment. Because like, of course, you can have fun for free, but there are a lot of fun things that do cost money. So this is a low hanging fruit for someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. If you really need to cut things out of your budget, that's when you really need to start cutting entertainment and clothes from your budget. But I think if you're doing the other 75% right you can spend on entertainment. Obviously, you're not going crazy. You're not going on a $5,000 vacation every month or you're not going and buying Gucci everything. Like you're not spending thousands and thousands of dollars, but yeah, you can go to that concert and spend 150 bucks. It's not that big of a deal if your housing and transportation are almost cut to zero. And I think TJ was really touching on that earlier. And that's my personal opinion anyway. I'm, I'm a huge big picture guy and I really don't think you should cut out those things that make you happy. Like I know a lot of people kind of crap on getting Starbucks every day, but if that's something that you really like, it's $5 a day. And if you are, only if you are doing all of these other categories right, can you kind of splurge in this entertainment category? What are your thoughts on that, TJ? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, me and Cody kind of have the same mindset on this. Focus most of your effort on those things that are costing you the most money. So like we've talked about in this episode, housing, transportation, groceries, right? Those are the bulk of your budget for most people. But then entertainment, I personally feel like that's something that you need to actually keep you going. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you need something to cut right away, then absolutely cut out these things like going to the movies, going out, drinking with buddies. 
those are things that are easy to cut out. But I feel like if you're doing everything right, I feel like you're already a very intentional person. So most of your other expenses are probably in line with someone that is pursuing FI. So for me personally, I probably buy clothes and shoes maybe once a year, if so. And it's not even like I'm going crazy. I might spend $100 or less once a year because I already got enough clothes. I got a closet full of clothes and I most of the time I don't need new clothes. So yeah, I don't have to cut out those expenses, but I just have to be intentional on my entire budget. And for people who aren't intentional, this is actually a really cool tip I heard before is like, If you're someone who has several hundred shirts, you have 50 pairs of pants, like when you wear something, either put it in a different area or like if you have your clothes on hangers, turn your hanger around and the stuff that you haven't touched in six months, get rid of it because you're not going to need it. You don't need to hang on just in case. It's just taking up space in your closet. And honestly, like once you start getting rid of stuff, it's kind of addicting. Like I cleaned out my closet and probably got rid of 75% of the useless crap and stuff I never wore this was over the past like few years and it just feels so great because I know that all the stuff I have now I look good in I like the way it feels and I just don't have all this extra junk and you could donate it and you feel like you're a good person giving to a good cause so it's a win-win all right Cody so next point that I want to touch on personally is something that actually hurts a lot of people's budget which is phone bill internet and cable If you're not intentional about these things, a lot of people will probably spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars in these categories. For me personally, I think a low-hanging fruit that most people should be doing is cutting cable. Cable is only taking up a lot of your time because you're like binge-watching The Office or Two and a Half Men and all these other crazy TV shows. Like You can see I probably haven't watched a lot of TV in like many years because I don't know any current shows, but... You know, these things are taking up your time. So why spend money on something that's actually not only hurting your budget, but it's stopping you from pursuing things that will help you be successful? So for me, that's personally a low-hanging fruit. Just cut the cable for most people. Wi-Fi is something that kind of gets rolled or bundled into packages. But if you just get strictly Wi-Fi, you could find some Wi-Fi for like $20 a month. I'm pretty sure Xfinity uh, by Comcast It's $20 a month to have decent speed Wi-Fi. They send you the router. And I mean, that is a very low bill to have internet in your house. And some people are paying like $150 for these crazy bundles that include cable, Wi-Fi, and a landline. And (laughs) come on, if you're still using a landline, you really need to get with 2018. (laughs) Look, it's probably just the 22-year-old me talking. No, look, personally, I actually had those bundles because they told me, they literally told me if I had... Just cable and Wi-Fi, it actually costs more. So they actually force you to the bundle. But then in like six months, they like jack up the price. You know what I mean? So I was probably paying 200 bucks a month for all these services that I literally didn't need. Wow. So after I cut all that crap from my budget, now I'm paying $40 a month. And now talking to Cody, I actually need to do some shopping. And knock it down to $20 a month because that is just ridiculous. I know I did mention this a little bit. I was crapping on the landlines. But so cell phones, that's the next natural pivot. Cell phones should not be costing you $150 a month. You do not need the unlimited data plan for your iPhone. If you really need to be surfing the web (laughs) every second of the day when you don't have Wi-Fi... I think you need to reevaluate your life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's kind of mean, Cody. (laughs) I'm coming off hot, but that's why this is the fire below zero podcast. (laughs) 
I love Sorry it. if I offended anyone. I just totally disagree that you do not need to be on your phone 24-7 when you're not in a place that has Wi-Fi. Because in your home, you probably have Wi-Fi. At work, you probably have Wi-Fi. Do you really need to be streaming Netflix when you're driving or when you're eating at a restaurant? No. And you don't need to be scrolling through Facebook when you're at a restaurant too. Put the phone down. So you really don't need this extravagant unlimited data plan. There are so many great prepaid plans from pretty much every provider, whether it be Verizon, AT&T, Sprint. And there are actually these ancillary providers. My mom actually recently switched to Unreal Mobile, which is kind of this ancillary service of AT&T. They're on the same network and it's $10 a month for a gigabyte of data. So as long as you're being intentional with how much data you're using, you can have a huge savings on your cell phone plan. Once I realized how I could control my data and just stop throwing gigabytes left and right out the window, I realized that these low gigabyte plans were plenty for me. Like, I just know to be intentional when I'm in public. I'm not going out and watching Netflix on a park bench, you know? <laughs> like, it, it's it's just knowing and being intentional. And I hear people say, oh, but I don't want to give up my unlimited data. But like I said before, do you really need to go shopping on Amazon when you're walking your dog? Or do you really need to watch Netflix when you're at the dentist's office? No, you can do something else. You can download this podcast at home with Wi-Fi, and then it won't take up any data when you're listening to it. <laughs> Dude. So I know I'm going on a rant right now because it is kind of a pet peeve of mine when people have like $200 cell phone bills and they complain about living paycheck to paycheck. That is such a low-hanging fruit. Like that fruit is skimming the grass. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're killing me because you just went in. But everything you're saying makes perfect sense. But hey, Cody, there's something I got to ask you because... You know what time of year it is. It's football season. And people are playing fantasy football, man. They got to have the data. <laughs> hey, TJ, I am a huge fantasy football guy. I'm not going to lie. I am you know too. how I watch the games? I watch them on Reddit streams for free, <laughs> and I don't have cable. That is your pro tip of the day. There are always Reddit streams where people are streaming live NFL games, pretty much any NFL game that you want. And there's so many people on Reddit streaming these that ESPN can't shut them all down. So you can easily just watch these on Reddit for absolutely free. And Reddit is pretty reliable. You're not going to go get viruses on some <laughs> sketchy website. So for all you football lovers out there, there's your pro tip of the day to cut that cable bill and you can still play fantasy football and have fun with your buddies. That's what I'm about to say because, Cody, I love fantasy football. I've been playing for four years. Okay. But personally, all I do is use the local TV stations and... I typically get probably two games or like uh, four games every Sunday. So, you know, that's good enough for me, you know. So I don't need to catch every single game and I don't need to follow everything so closely. So, yeah, me and Cody are still, you know, football geeks, but that's not an excuse to be reckless with your money. You have to be intentional and save as much money as you can. So that's going to bring this episode to a close. But if any of you listeners have any ideas that TJ and I did not cover on today's episode, please share in the Facebook group or send in a voicemail and we can play it on next week's episode. TJ and I are only two people, but if we have the power of the whole community thinking of these low-hanging fruits, things that we can do today, tomorrow, next week, next month that can drastically shape our financial future, then we'd love to share that with the audience. And everything that we did mention in today's episode will be in the show notes at firebelowzero.com slash fruit. So thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. It just really helps us get recognized, rank up, and spread this message to even more people. This has been another episode of the Fire Below Zero podcast.
a cooler approach to financial independence. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to remind you that I have made my personal like budget and net worth tracking spreadsheet available, the very same one that I use to track my net worth from $38,000 to over $1.2 million, available for free on our website at thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. So you can go download that today. That's thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet.